welcome into another episode of Ms. Charm School Podcast. I'm your host, Sunday Eli. Thank you so much for joining me again today. For those of you who are new, welcome. For those of you who are returning, you know the drill. Come on in. Come on in. Kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Come on in. Come on in. I hope you have your libations with you, something to hydrate yourself, refuel yourself, and if you need something a little stronger, sis, today, to really take the edge off and relax, I hope that you do that. Miss Charm School Podcast is for the modern boss babe who's looking to re-engage her feminine energy, her spirituality, and her sensuality. Another way I like to describe that is Miss Charm School Podcast is for women who are in transition from their womanhood into their queendom. Sunday, whatever do you mean by that? I'm so glad you asked. Well, your womanhood is really your me season. It's really self-discovery, self-mastery, and that's really kind of ongoing for the rest of your life. But womanhood for me is when your decisions only impact yourself. When you get elevated into your season of queendom, which I believe that promotion comes by God. Your decisions no longer only impact yourself, but they impact other people. If you think about a queen, a queen is so many things. She's so many things. But most importantly, her decisions impact nations, the people who are underneath her care. And so you may be a queen, a modern boss babe who is VP of a corporation or president of your job or It could manifest, your queendom could manifest in being married or having children, being a mother. Your queendom could manifest in starting a business and hiring a staff or hiring contractors to support your vision. Your queendom could manifest in becoming a caretaker or having power of attorney over a loved one's affairs. Your queendom could manifest in volunteering and becoming president of a social club or an organization where you volunteer your time and you got promoted into a position of leadership. There's so many ways queendom can take place in your life. Queendom could be as simple as cooking a meal for someone else, inviting people over and cooking for them. Your decisions of how clean you are and how when you wash your hands and what ingredients you decide to put in the food or where you decide to cater from, your decisions impact other people. And so queendom can manifest in many different ways and in many different levels. And here on Miss Charm School Podcast, I want you to be an excellent queen. I want you to be completely irresistible. I want people under your domain and under your care to find you excellent and glorious and radiant and irresistible, completely magnetic. I want you to experience luxury and pleasure and laughter and joy and beauty. And I want you to have harmony and peace and be able to do conflict resolution and be able to have compassionate communication. I want you to be a queen that is engaged with her spirit, engaged with her feminine energy, a woman who's comfortable being sexy and being sensuous and understands her sexual power and knows how to harness it for good. I want you to be completely magical and magnetic because you already are. That's the truth. You already are magical and magnetic. And many of us have not lived up to that Reality. Many of us have been hoodwinked into man-made systems and cultures. We grow up in a culture and we have become acculturated to 
drinking the Kool-Aid of what actually doesn't work, what doesn't make the feminine energy relax and thrive. And many of us are swimming upstream in corporate America. We're tired. We're frustrated. Many of us are exhausted in our love relationships. We're not feeling fulfilled in our marriages or in our love relationships. Many of us don't know how to bring the desires in our mind and in our hearts, how to bring those out of our mind and out of our hearts and make them in our lived reality every single day. And that's what Miss Charm School podcast is all about. We get into all of those different topics. And this is a support group of women all around the world who are interested in being excellent queens. They're interested in being modern boss babes who engage their feminine energy, who engage their sensuality, and who are led by spirit. So you are welcome here. I think I did that. Yes, I did. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that I did that thing. Okay. <laughs> Miss Charm School podcast is in its third season, I believe. Yes. And so we are three, four years into recording and I'm so excited for the continued growth of this podcast. We have global listeners all around the globe from the United Kingdom to the United States, throughout the Caribbean, in Canada and on the West Coast of Africa. And it has been absolutely phenomenal to see all of you from all over the globe be present here. So again, welcome and thank you. In today's episode, I really wanted to chat with you all about sex. <laughs> Let's talk about sex, baby. Okay. Oh, there's so much I could say about this topic, and I'm going to level with you all. I shied away from talking about sex on this podcast for a very long time. I've only hinted around some topics around sex. I've talked about your monthly flow. I've talked about relooking at your period as and your feminine organs as your second heart. And there's an episode on that if you would like to know more about what I mean about that. And I struggled with talking about sex on this podcast simply because I believe in God. I'm a Christian woman and well, I like to say that I'm a kingdom citizen because I do think that the term Christian can, people can take that and run with it in a way that I don't mean. But what I simply mean is just that I love God, I love Jesus, and I'm interested in pleasing God with my life and with my choices and with my actions. I love reading the Bible. I love studying the word. I think it's divine, profound truth, applicable, applicable for everyday living. And yeah, I love, I love God. I love Jesus. And that is my confession that Jesus is Lord. So let's be clear about that. <laughs> and because of that, and because I grew up as a preacher's kid, my father was an ordained minister, associate pastor of a church, which means he was sort of second in command, kind of positioned to inherit it. If that had been the pastor's desire at the time. And you know, I grew up in that kind of environment where a lady crosses her legs and you don't have chip nail polish and your hair has to kind of be perfect. And people point out your imperfections even as a child because you're the preacher's kid and, you know, nobody, you shouldn't be running in the church. I mean, I've heard all kind of things. Okay. You should wear stockings and your skirts need to be past your knees and all this stuff. And I grew up someone who wanted to please my parents and abide by their rules and you know 
any of you who have been acculturated in a church system, you understand, you know, saving yourself for marriage and being a virgin and all of the sexual guidance that sometimes can come across as well as sexual oppression. And I shied away from this topic, not because I'm not interested in it or that I don't have perspective or that I don't read books or that I'm unknowledgeable, (laughs) but I shied away from this topic because I felt that it was something that I couldn't talk about and love Jesus at the same time, that I had to wait until I was married to talk about sex. And I'm currently not married, and I'm going to talk about it today. So this is a little bit controversial for the story that I used to tell myself up until this very moment. I used to tell myself I couldn't legally talk about sex as a single woman who loves God. Like, you can't talk about that. But today we're going to talk about it. And the reason why this has become increasingly important for me to share, I've been feeling like the nudge, like talk about it, talk about it. And y'all, I just have very, what some people may call woo woo (laughs) perspectives about sex and sensuality. And so I'm going to get into some of that now. Y'all ready? Watch this be like my most listened to episode. The one episode I've been like terrified to do be the one that y'all are like, yes, give us more. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm going to let you into my world. Wow. Okay, here we go. Sunday slots on display for the globe. Here we go. All right, charmers, buckle up, buckle up, buckle up, because it's going to be good. All right. So especially for those of you who are like me, where you grew up uh, acculturated in the church and you love Jesus and all these things. And you may be a virgin. You may not be a virgin. I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to talk about sex with you. One thing that my mother said all the time is like you grow up in the church and you're constantly told don't have it. And then you get married and nobody tells you anything else. Like once you get married, there's no formal church class on anything really when it comes to sex and so there are a lot of Christian people in their marriages probably not having it and those that are having it don't fully understand it and some of you that are my personal friends that I know don't listen to this podcast, I get the phone calls of married Christian women who are not all the way satisfied in this in the bedroom. And it's not that their par- partner isn't passionate or interested in them or anything like that, but what it boils down to is that they don't know what they like. Let me let me get close to the microphone. They don't know what they like because they don't know themselves sexually because they've spent over 20 years or over 30 years keeping themselves from sexual temptation, keeping themselves from exploring. And so now that they're in their marriage and they legally, in terms of God's law, are able to fully express themselves, all they know is the D goes in the P and we're engaging but they don't know really anything else. I don't anticipate this to be a sex ed episode. (laughs) 
So if you came here to learn like how to sit on it, sorry, sis, this is not that kind of episode. But what I do think is important for queens all around the world, especially queens that are married, it is critically important for you to learn yourself. It is critically important for you to learn yourself. This is a part of self-love. This is a part of high-level self-love. This is a part of sacred self-care consciousness. And sacred self-care consciousness sounds woo-woo, but it's such a powerful phrase. Sacred. Your body is sacred. Specifically, the Bible says that your body is a temple. When you think about a temple, just think about a temple. If you've ever been in a temple, if you've ever been in a chapel, if you've ever been in a Catholic church, if you've ever been in Europe and gone into some of the grand temples or the Middle East and some of the temples there, or if you've ever been um, anywhere that's sacred, oftentimes you lower your voice when you enter into that space. There may be a type of dress that's appropriate for that space. Like if you go to some of the cathedrals in Europe, you can't walk in with your shoulders out. They make you cover your shoulders, things like that. There may be a way you dress. There's a way that you conduct yourself. Usually it's spotless and it's clean, like super, super clean. There may be sweet smelling fragrances in the air. There is an atmosphere of peace. It's usually beautiful, right? So think about a temple. I want you to just close your eyes and think about a temple. Relaxed, peaceful, smelling good, pristinely clean. Your attitude is different. Your voice is different. The way you move through the space is different. This is the divine feminine body. This is the feminine energy essence. This is also a part of sex. But how many of us are really treating our bodies like temples? We aren't paying attention to sometimes even with a temple, you bring an offering like there are stairs somewhere in Italy where I forget the exact story. But like people um, on different pilgrimages in uh, the Catholic religion where you like pray every time you take a step or I forget where it is, but somewhere in Italy where it's like these there's these stairs that ascend to X spot and people will pilgrim do a pilgrimage to that location and on every step they will like crawl they will kneel going up every step and they will pray on every step till they get to the top because it's considered the pilgrimage is something around like being considered unworthy to walk the steps so they kneel the steps either christ walked there christ didn't walk there an apostle walked there something happened you know, I don't remember the story, sorry, but some of you are listening to this and it's going to trigger, like, you know what it, what I'm talking about. 
But the point is, is that the people kneel up like 300 stair- steps, stairs, till they get to the top and then they like go back down, but they feel unworthy to stand or to walk. And so there's a reverence of kneeling. So all I'm saying is when you think about these sacred places, there is a energy and an attitude. There is a reverence. There is a, an approach. There is a respect. There is often a dress code. There is often a, an atmosphere, a way of conducting yourself, all of these things. And then the Bible says your body is a temple. You are a living temple. And we don't treat ourselves that way. Yes, this all has to do with sex, okay? We don't treat ourselves that way. We don't adorn ourselves, especially the divine feminine. I could talk about the masculine too. I could talk about the mm, beautiful, energetic, sexy, masculine energy that is aggressive and a go-getter and a warrior in the streets. Ooh, we love it, ladies. How? Shout out to you. But we're not talking about you today. Today I'm talking about the ladies. How many of you wake up every day and spend time bathing yourself, washing your temple, drinking water, washing the inside of your temple, flushing the inside of your temple. How many of you make conscious decisions about what you eat, not just for dieting, but because you want your heart to be functioning. You want the inside of your temple to be shiny and glistening and functioning well and operating in its optimal health. So you pick choices of food to put in your body that reflect the fact that you believe that you are a beautiful divine temple. How many of you speak lovingly to yourself? And you know what? Time, can we get real? Time out for women that are saying, I know, I know this. I know. I read the book. I took the class. I watched the sermon. Sis, we know so much, but we practice so little. Hallelujah. <laughs> We know so much, but we practice so little. And I'm not saying it to be harsh. I was probably president of the, I read the book, I watched the sermon, I read the scripture, I know. And I now understand why when I take classes with coaches, it's so funny now because I hear when women are like, oh, my God, yeah, I read your book or, oh, my God, I watched the class. I saw the seminar and the coaches are so gracious. But one coach said something that was so powerful. She was like, when you read the Bible. You can't just like people who say like, yeah, sure, I've read the Bible before and that's it. She's like, it's a book that you constantly go back to. It's a book that you constantly study. It's a book that you can read the same scripture 2,000 times and every time get a different perspective and a different revelation. You can do that because it's the same book. It's the same John 1-1, but you're growing, you're evolving. You see something different. You hear something different. It It is God spoken word in the physical form and because of that the revelation is living we serve a living God even though the God God is technically invisible one of my favorite scriptures is Romans Romans 1 20 Romans chapter 1 verse 20 for since the creation of the world God's invisible qualities he tells you right there God is invisible and his qualities are invisible Faith is invisible. Seeing God is invisible. But he says his invisible qualities, his eternal power, which is invisible, his divine nature, which is invisible, 
is clearly seen. Well, how is it clearly seen, God? Through what has been made, the trees, the sea, the sky, other human beings, roaches, rats, ants, everything on earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, the mountains, everything on earth testifies that there is a king, that there is a God on the throne, that there is some invisible, energetic, eternal power and divine nature that we don't see. But we know that it that it exists because of everything that is seen. And the Bible says that there is nothing that was created in the seen world without it being first created in the unseen. Nothing was created that we see outwardly that didn't come from spirit, come from something invisible. So specifically the scripture is, I just gave you the broke down version, but the scripture is word for word. King James says, Romans 1.20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. You are without excuse, sis. You're without excuse. And then that same divine nature, invisible divine nature, and invisible eternal power calls you the living temple, not the building or the mosque or the church, you are the divine living temple. That's where we get, that's where sex goes left immediately. (laughs) We don't treat ourselves like the divine living temples that we are. How can you treat yourself more like the divine living temple that you are today? What are two things that you could do to try to start treating yourself more divine, more holy, more regal, more like royalty because you are. Maybe it's how you talk to yourself in the words that you aren't saying out of your mouth, the mental thoughts, the mental chatter, when you're picking on yourself and picking on your body and when you are you know, saying negative things about your hair or your face or the worst, you're comparing yourself to other women and having a bunch of negative thoughts about yourself. Now, you may never let those words come, those thoughts come out of your mouth. Oh, to everybody in the world, you just absolutely love yourself. But even that beautiful beauty queen, Crystal, took her own life. And on the outside, her life looked amazing. But there was an inner conversation that she was battling with that made her devalue her living temple. And so it is critically important that you begin to re-see yourself. Even if you feel like, I know I'm a temple, sis, re-see it again. Re-see it again. Do two things to increase your sacred self-care consciousness. Again, that term is so powerful. It's a consciousness. It's a choice to be mentally aware that I am a woman of sacred self-care. And that starts by understanding that I am a temple. And once I understand that, I want to get it into my conscience. I want to get it into my subconscious and my conscious. 
mind, body, and energy. I want to start treating myself like a temple. That may mean, you know what? I was kind of craving a burger and fries today, but I'm going to go have an acai bowl because I think my body is a living temple. I didn't feel like going to work out today. And you know what? Nope, I don't feel like lifting weights. But you know what I can do? I can do a 30-minute walk in nature because that feels good. And I want to honor my living temple today. And I understand that moving my living living temple is important to overall health and wellness. I'm going to spend extra time in the morning instead of rushing to get ready, skipping, taking a shower, skipping, bathing. I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to wake up early and run a bubble bath because I'm a living temple. I'm going to go get my nails and my toes done because that makes me feel good and I like the way that I look and I want to adorn my living temple. I'm going to get up in the morning and spend time in meditation and in prayer and light a candle and read a scripture with God because I understand that I am a divine living temple. I'm going to go to bed at night and not wear my um, do-rag and my regular scarf and an oversized t-shirt with bleach stains on it, I'm going to start adorning myself in silk negligee because I am a soft, divine, sexy, pristinely clean, living temple. I'm going to go to my doctor's appointments and I'm going to check on my vaginal health and my heart health and get my blood work done because I want to do an appraisal on my divine living temple. I'm going to watch the words that come out of my mouth and the curse words that I say. I want to clean it up. I want to be a divine living temple of sweet speech. Do you see what I'm saying? Like this is how practical Really seeing yourself as a living temple. It shows up in the beingness. It shows up in your energetic field. It shows up in how you walk. It shows up in how moisturized your skin is. It shows up in every, it shows up in how you eat. It shows up that you don't rush through your food and you scarf it all down. It shows up in if you're burping and belching and farting in front of people. Like y'all laughing, but. Come on, when you're walking into a physical man-made building, there's often more reverence and respect for the that physical location other than the physical body where God says you are the divine living temple. You're letting men have access to all different holes <laughs> of your divine living temple. Hello? There's no entrance fee. There's no... Uh, sacrifice there's no requirements just oh well he wanted me and I was feeling it so I gave it to him like there's no reverence for your divine living temple at all or for those of you who are married where is the reverence for your divine living temple you And once you become aware of that consciousness, it allows you to have a greater love and respect for yourself 
allows you to be more gentle with yourself, more caring with yourself, slower with yourself, more patient with yourself, more understanding with yourself. And it allows you to give that same grace to others because you also realize they are divine living temples as well. They are not transactional pieces that you can just control, alt, delete out of your life. So many of us are doing that today. These are human beings. They are also divine living temples, whether they realize it or not. But once you awaken to the sacred self-consciousness, that you are a true divine living temple as a feminine woman. You treat others with more dignity, with more respect. Because you are giving yourself more dignity and more respect. So that's foundational to sex. Foundational. And just imagine, like, there's got to be a church out there somewhere that's teaching this. Lord Jesus, please. But oftentimes in the singles ministry, this is not being teached. And so people are going to get married or maybe even been married 10, 15 years. And you don't even understand this foundational principle. I've had to take classes from believers, women that believe in God and love Jesus outside of the church. I've never gotten this teaching in the actual physical location of the church. I've never gotten it in 30 years. I've never gotten it. I had to take paid classes with women who love God, but they are completely outside of the church. And I had to sit in those classes and have a new perspective implanted in me so that I can see myself differently. And I'm like, whoa, Imagine if I would have really got a grip on understanding this at 17, how I would have treated myself, how I would have handled myself, how I would have walked into rooms, how I would have sat myself down. Like when I sat in a chair, understanding that like this, I'm sitting on a gold mine, like Maya Angelou said, like I got gold mines in my backyard of the I am woman poem. I am a phenomenal woman poem. And it's funny, I actually used to say a part of that. Oh my God, I wish I could remember it. But when I was in university, I used to quote that as an affirmation. Um, oh, I can't think of it right now, but it'll come to me later on probably in this podcast. So anyway, that's foundational to sex is understanding that you are a living temple And one of the mentors that I've worked with, she goes as far to say that you are the living gift. And she uses that specifically and intentionally because in Genesis, the woman was created last. She was the last thing that God created before God rested. And so she says, let's look at the sequence of things that were created. And so if you look at the sequence of things that are created in Genesis, God goes from complex thing to the next complex thing first light then separating light and darkness then the evening and the morning the first day then separating the waters from the earth and all these different things then there are fish then there are animals then there are birds then there's man and then after God created man which is the most complex of all of the things that God created because you are made in the image of God not the sun not the moon not the fish you And then after God created everything in a sequence of complexity, he said, "Mm, it's not good for man to be alone. And he closed, he allowed man to go to sleep and he created woman who is the apex 
who is the final piece to the completion of creation. She is the cherry on top that makes the Sunday the ice cream Sunday. You understand? She is it. She is the most complex of all of the complexities of creation. She is the apex. And then when she was created from the rib of Adam, she was even fashioned differently. Adam was made from the earth. God didn't go back to the earth to create another Adam, that method. God put Adam to sleep and literally drew out of him woman. She was even created unique, different. The same yet different. And she has a womb. There's so, you know, so there's so many different, there's so many different things, y'all. But he put Adam to sleep to create her. And when she, he was finished, he presented her to him. And he was like, whoa, <laughs> that's the one right there. Yes, she is me. I am her. Let's go. And so because she was presented, being presented is a present. It is a gift. And so one of my mentors specifically says the divine, I'm using the divine feminine energy. Woman is the living gift. And we walk around talking about I'm a prize, I'm a prize, I'm a prize, I'm the prize. A prize is something that is won, that is fought after, that is sought after, that sits on the shelf, that collects dust, that has to be dusted off from time to time. The prize is something to go get and acquire. And once you acquire it, then what? But the living gift is the gift that keeps on giving. The living gift is a breathing moving, alive, unwrapping of something beautiful and precious that is purpose-filled and also pleasure-filled that keeps giving. That's a whole different energy than a prize. I don't want to be belittled to just a prize. I desire to be the living gift. And in order to really have that consciousness, that sacred self-care consciousness, not just the actions of sacred self-care, but in order to have the consciousness where you wake up every day understanding that this is the essence of your being as woman, you have to see yourself as the living gift. How do you see yourself as the living gift? You start by seeing yourself as a temple, a living temple. By, you start by understanding that you are the apex. You are the end thing that God created. You start by re-looking at yourself. You are not the thing to be fought after, sought after, conquered, and then placed on the shelf. That doesn't even fulfill you because then you get in your relationship and you get in your marriage and your man feels like, well, I got her now. I don't need to date her anymore. And it's like, no, you're not happy with that situation. You want to be dated. You still want to be courted in your marriage. And that comes when you understand that you are the living gift. You are alive. You have to be tended to. You have to have um, you have to be watered. You have to be plucked. You have to be pruned. You are alive. You are not an object or a thing to sit on the shelf. You understand? 
So this is how sometimes in modern culture, we take things that feel like they sound like truth, but it's just enough truth mixed in with funkiness, with pollution. And then we wonder why life isn't working for us. We're confused people. We're confused women and we feel like we're empowered because <laughs> we have dot zeros in the bank account or because men are hitting on us when we leave the house every day. But you don't even treat yourself like a temple. You don't understand that you're the living gift. You're giving your sex away. <laughs> you don't even understand the power of that. So um, I really want to stop there for today. There's so much more that I want to say about this topic. I want to get into the sex um, in Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, chapter 11. There is a chapter on sex transmutation. It's really a chapter written for men, but there are some powerful antidotes or takeaways um, specifically that have to do with women being um, influenced and having a motivating influential energy that really inspires the masculine. I want to get into that. I want to get into the power of uh, holding your sexual energy and utilizing your sexual energy for creative production to create things. I want to get into the power of knowing thyself and knowing your, your body sexually and um, knowing what you like and taking a mirror and looking at your P-U-S-S-Y, um, buying sexy clothes, learning how to move, learning how to dance, all of those things. Like I want to get into all of that, but I also don't want this episode to be too long. <laughs> So I'm going to stop there and call this part one of some sexual series that we're going to title this. And Charmers, just know that I love you. I, What I shared about being the living gift and what I shared about being a temple is enough to chew on. Please chew on it. And when you think you've got it, re-listen again and chew on it some more. And when you think that it's annoying and frustrating, chew on it again and listen again. And meditate on it some more. Because you're going to get new revelations, new perspective, new wisdom, new divine strokes of brilliance are going to pop into your brain about how you can treat yourself more like a temple, how you can truly be the living gift. And it's time, sis. I need the women around the world to wake the F up. We are talking and we're so loud and we don't we don't have the fruit of the blissful, joyful life that you were sent here to live. You're patty caking with it and we only get this one life and I don't want you to go through it another second sleep to your power. You are meant to live the irresistible life and it's time for you to be completely irresistible i love you charmers Mwah. i'll talk to you later ciao